0: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome
1: to the Bridge to You podcast, hosted by yours truly, Monique Russell, where we focus on promoting Black unity worldwide through conversations that help us understand ourselves and each other. Hello, Bridge to You listeners, it's Monique Russell. Every so often, we run into situations where we have to make decisions if we're going to pivot, if we're going to move forward, especially in the area of technology glitches, technology mishaps, or simply technology not cooperating in the way that it should go. As we are in a digital economy, this is crucial for us to know. But as you are aware, I'm a strong proponent that there is no sense in thinking that perfection exists because it doesn't. This episode today is really important and valuable. You will hear some technical glitches we had with the audio, but the message was too important for us to pivot away from this topic. So I encourage you as you listen and as you take in the content and information, give us compassion, give us grace, As you move through any technical challenges with the audio, let us know how you have been inspired and impacted by the show. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bridge to You podcast. I'm your host, Monique Russell. And today, in my guest chair, I have none other than Mr. Stone. G. He is a serial entrepreneur, holistic and wellness coach, Masseuse, if I might add, veteran, the king of failing and getting back up again, and also a proponent of love. Stone has overcome adversity in his life and he pretty much helps people to maximize their digital presence so they can be omnipresent and leave their job. Stone, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you. That was a a very generous introduction.
1: Generous, but true. That's how we roll over here. So Stone, I want to jump right on in. I always like to ask my guests if they could choose to be anywhere in the world right now at this point in time, where would they choose to be and why? So where would you choose to be and why?
0: Oh, hands down, that would be North of cans on acreage just what more, yes
1: okay i don't think yes. i've ever heard that you said north of cans where is Kans? yes. Kansas?
0: yes cans is the northern portion of, of queensland australia yeah it's about eight hours from where i am right now i'm on the southern end of queensland cans is just further north more tropical beautiful more lush uh a lot more uh, rainforest and jungle,
1: mm, rainforest and jungle in the bush. What would you yeah. be doing in the bush? Why would you want to go in the bush, though? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it really appeals to me, acreage and being in nature. And this is just me. There, there's so many things in nature that that speak to and attest to our directions in life and how we can live fulfilled in in our existence on this planet.
1: Yeah, I think there's so many lessons we can get. If you could choose one of the lessons that have been most profound for you being in nature, what would that be?
0: Yeah, you're right. There are a lot. The first one that comes to mind is just that the interconnectedness that plants have. If you look at trees, say there is a pathogen or an insect that starts to eat the leaf, the tree immediately gets that signal and communicates it through its root system to all of the other trees in the forest. And so as soon as that insect starts eating on the tree, all of the other trees, they create this antibody that makes it more difficult for the insects to eat leaves. And so they they have this agreement that the way they thrive is to look for, tonify, and strengthen one another. So it's really the the collaboration of their relationship. That's something that I notice every time I look at trees.
1: I think this is so profound because you you use several words, agreement and signaling to the others, like, you know, this is something where, you're being uh, attacked, or you're you're under attack. You you're being mm. eaten, and so this communication through the root of that tree now spills or or signals to the others like, "Hey, this is what's happening," and let's form this collaborative effort. Sorry. And I and I liken that to even this show because this show is about unity. It's about understanding. It's about collaboration. And I'm thinking about the signals. What signals are we giving off when we are under attack, when we feel like we're under attack? How are we communicating to people to form a collaborative agreement, if you will? Yes. And it takes me to a blog that I read when I was preparing for this interview, a blog that you, you wrote, and it was specifically about the aspect of release. And you said you do not have to settle or be in fear of being judged or marginalized. It's already happening. While others are being marginalized, so are you. Even when you do everything right, you're still gonna be judged as if that matters. So to release these fears is to succumb to the truth that your expression of life will never be in bondage to the insistence of anyone, unless you agree to it. Help us connect the dots between nature and this aspect that you shared in the blog around release. You are a six foot tall, muscular black man living in Australia. Help us connect the dots.
0: Well, there's a, a couple of words. There's agreement. There's faith and there's there's identity we'll start with an agreement if i have an agreement for a particular decision a particular lifestyle for instance if i'm seeing you you are my sister you are vibration of me and i'm extending what is my identity to you then automatically because you and i are the same I have to love you just like I would love a part of my body. So you and I are the same. And that plays out in science as well, because we, you, I, I am only able to notice what is already inside. We can't notice or perceive things that are are outside of what self is. So anything we're able to observe is a frequency of self. So that's the agreement. Faith comes in as part of that agreement. Now, if you are part of me and and you are, then my faith is that I'm going to lift you up, that I'm going to hold you, that I'm going to ensure that you are tonified.
1: So this aspect now of the agreement, you walked us through this aspect of agreement and touched on the aspect of faith so in that example earlier it sounds like faith is the signal faith is the signal Mm -hmm. similar to the signal the trees are giving out right Mm -hmm. faith is the signal that we use to communicate with others that hey something's up something's wrong i need help i need to help you So when we're talking now about this third element of identity, which you're going to talk to us a little bit more Mm -hmm. about, how does this play in? Because I'm so curious about the connections and the parallels to us as human beings. I mean, we're taking these lessons from nature and I'm so curious about how everything is interconnected, as you have suggested.
0: Yeah, well, looking at identity, Let's just take the slave trade. For that to have been a successful endeavor, one person would have had to have captured another person and they couldn't just capture them. They had to reprogram them. Because if you take, we use the example of of an elephant because everyone's heard this before. When you're training elephants as a baby, the first thing you do is you put that rope on their leg. And so as they grow up, Even though they might be full-grown adults, that rope on their leg, they could very well break the rope and keep going. But because they've had that rope on their leg their whole life, they have been programmed to not move when that rope is on their leg. And imagine doing that to an entire people group for years years and years and years and years and years. So speaking to identity, our identity is it's... Here, it's working all the time, regardless of our acknowledgement of it.
1: My next question is, how has this helped you in connecting with other Black cultures, with other people in general? Because you talk a lot about love. And I can Mm. see how nature, which is filled with love, in my opinion, um, I can see how there's a connection there. But how would you say this Development and exposure, how has this helped you to connect with other black people and other cultures in general?
0: Well, Australia doesn't really have a, a large population of black people. you know I grew up in Japan, so my relationship to blackness is a little complicated where I love myself, of course i I love. My blackness and I love my heritage and I I love where I'm from. I, I I can't not because that's me. I'd say that my relationship with black people is celebratory, and I am curious as to who I can be that's going to support someone to to think and feel in a different way.
1: Was there ever any uh, any time where, you know? You did not feel that love?
0: Oh, of course, of course. Um, I didn't start really developing these these blueprints until my thirties. You know, I, I had just gotten out of the military uh, at about twenty nine years old. It took me a while to release who I was being from programming of of, the, of that institution, and once I started to become me more. When I say become me, sometimes you hear people say, Oh, I'm, I'm looking for myself. I'm trying to find myself. I want to go out and find myself. When I was younger, I would hear that and I think that's that sounds ridiculous. You're always you. And what I came to understand is that we as human beings, we are born into a lie. And the lie is that we are separate. And so as long as we are living the lie that we are separate, we continue to have disharmony. We lack harmony in our ability to to live.
1: I love that. You you were talking about, you know, being in the military and just, you know, before you turn 30, not being in that place of harmony with yourself, not being in that place of, of connectedness. I'm curious about the times where you have been disconnected to other Black people. How have you reconciled that? Because we've been out of harmony with each other for so long. And so many people still are out of harmony or out of that balance or connectedness with other Black cultures, other Black people. It sounds like you've gone through a transformative process. So where Mm -hmm. do you begin What did that look like for you? What was the disharmony prior? And how does that look for you now?
0: Yes. Well, when I was younger, because I didn't spend a lot of time with with Black people, I I was in Japan or I was in an environment where there were very few Black people. So my experience of Black people was what I saw on television or um, my immediate family. And when I was younger, I took this perspective that, sure, I'm Black, but not really. It was just preposterous. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and that, that, was, that was my experience. And a lot of people in our, in our culture, that's the way they re- relate to one another. They, they don't have the identity of, of who and what they really are, where they, where they come from. So the first thing was for me to acknowledge and accept my Blackness. Not as a, a bad, thing because I had, had a story that being Black was, was less than. And when I was able to accept me, that's when everything transformed. And that's when I started to notice all of the abundance that it is to be Black. And I started seeing, relating to other people, other Black people in particular, uh, in a very profound and celebratory way.
1: That's powerful. Your earlier exposures, it's like you were, you were black Japanese because that's where you grew up. You were black Japanese, right? You're laughing, but I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> and so you, what you saw of other black people really didn't edify who you, who you were as a being, but through this transformative process and this journey of, of discovering self, uh, to a place where you are able to embrace the abundance of Blackness. I see what you do. I see how you support other Black people, um, the the words that you use, the love that you use. And I think that especially for those who are struggling in this area, for them that are listening to know that, guess what? If that's where you where you are right now, that's okay. No one's passing any judgment or any blame because everyone is going through, we're all going through our own journeys of self-discovery. And if we can use nature as you have shared with us as a guide to understand the interconnectedness of everything, of everyone, and use our faith as that, that signal. And when you say faith, you're not talking about a religion,
0: are you? No, no, not at what all. What do you What
1: it's, do you mean, Stone?
0: So faith is having a knowing without evidence, and I'll, I'll use a, a really simple example. I I came to this country in two thousand, and I went back to the U.S. after about a year, a year and a half, and I came back again for good in two thousand five. Now, when I came in two thousand, I had a job and I was traveling and it was all for work. When I came in 2005, I did not have a job. I brought my business and I basically got off the plane with $500. And I didn't get off the plane with a place to live, transportation and so on and so forth. I got off the plane with my faith. And my faith was that I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. And so I could see something that was greater than what my five senses was sharing back to me from the mirror, which is a, a very small construct of what my identity is. And through the expansion of my identity and by observing the actual possibility, that's how I was able to thrive. Now take that example out to all of us. And it is the same. All of us have a possibility story. We have a faith story. We have an example in our life when when we had no evidence that things were going to work out, that they were going to be, and then somehow, some way, we were able to see and experience in it, our own divinity, and then that spark, that creation made a way when there was no evidence of a way.
1: Hmm. So would you say that this is what we need to tap into as a people, as a community, tapping into this Divinity, this knowing spirituality.
0: Yes. If I were to use my own life example to make some suggestions, it would first be an acknowledgement of, of what is, of, of what has been. With my own life, I had to acknowledge the fact that I was initially ashamed of being black. And then I had to be responsible for the impact of that. And then in Being responsible for the impact that enabled me to change the story. And because I changed the story, that then led me to celebrate. And imagine you win the lottery, you win $50 million. It's going to be really difficult for you not to jump up and down and and share that bounty with other people. It would be difficult for you not to say, hey, something amazing has happened. And that point is missing in our culture at this time how do we know that because we're not thriving together yet
1: yet that's the faith element yet is the key word yet or i may even say we are thriving together there are communities of people that are thriving together what do we need as evidence that we are thriving together as a people
0: The first part of that is to take care of home. It's it's the example of, of when you're flying in an aircraft and they say, if an oxygen mask drops down, make sure you strap the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on your children. If we're not taking care of ourselves, how are we supposed to take care of those that are around us? How are we supposed to raise up our community? And for that, we need to have our own communities. We need to have our own black communities that has our centers of, of education and medical facilities and, and entrepreneurism. You look at what's, what's happening in, in Atlanta, Atlanta has the largest population of African-American millionaires of anywhere in America. And, and there have been several books written about uh, Black people doing this migration from the North down to the South, where historically it, it was three African-Americans to, well, back then it was just three Black people, three slaves to every, to every white person. It, it's important that we start consolidating ourselves, identifying with one another, and, and really lifting one, one another up, because we can't expect anyone else to do that we want equality then we need that for ourselves that's got to be the first thing once we have our physicals now the physical safety comes first from having that spiritual that spiritual identity we identify one another spiritually and because of that that identity we are able to say oh well, this is how that works this is how that that moves in reality so quite naturally we say okay let's let's build a community so it's it's that that point where when we build these safeguards, and I'm not talking about Rosewood or Tulsa, uh, those were really great experiments. The challenge was that they didn't protect themselves. They didn't have systems in place to keep people from coming in and causing mischief. So we can learn from those experiences and, and we can create more and greater because we can. And it's going to take more than one before that starts to happen.
1: Wow. There's so many things that you're sharing that I would love to dive in even deeper, Stone, but we are coming up on our time today. I I just want our listeners to catch several of those things that were really potent around using nature as your educator Um, embracing nature as a guide, a guide to, to demonstrate how interconnected we all are and really tapping into the aspects of faith. You know, what is your faith story? Have you even given that any thought? Have you given that any consideration? Because I think once we dive into that story of faith, we're now tapping into deeper levels of self-awareness Another thing that really kind of stepped out for me was the fact that we may be making progress, but a good litmus test of that is to identify how well we're doing when we're talking about healing from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, an emotional standpoint. If we're still in breakdown, if our bodies and our minds and our hearts are in breakdown, This is an indication that we aren't really thriving as well as we can or as much as we can to our potential. So before I begin to wrap up, Stone, I I want you to share with the listeners a little bit more about what you do. Tell us a little bit about where you are today and who you're helping, who you're serving with your business.
0: Sure. Sure, so I'm currently a medical student uh, I run a digital agency that only focuses on servicing healthcare practitioners, so that they can really share their message of healing and what's av- available from our from our well being.
1: Is there anything that you would like to share that I haven't asked you before we close?
0: Really, it's just a comment, and it's that we don't understand what bliss is without adversity and we don't understand adversity without bliss they're necessary it's the choices that we make which is a story it's the story that we decide to embrace that produces the reality of our life experience and so if enough of us decide to collaborate and collaboration is is necessary for us to thrive you take any business on the planet That business cannot thrive unless it creates an opportunity for people to purchase their goods and services. The more people that purchase their goods and services, the more that business thrives. Or Said differently, the more that business creates a possibility for its community to thrive, the more that business expands and so we as 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 people need to take that on and rather than looking at one another as uh enemies or someone that we need to not trust it's imperative for our survival that we love one another and we seek out opportunities to do good
1: well said well said Stone G, thank you so much for your words of wisdom, for your insights, for just really taking us down that path to get deeper knowledge and wisdom in connecting and understanding. For those of you that are listening, make sure that you give us a five-star rating. And until next time, be well. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to You podcast. Visit Clarecommunication dot com or connect with me on LinkedIn, Monique Russell, or Instagram at Clear Communication Coach.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.